the running favorite here is Amazing Grace. The running favorite, and when I say that, it was the only song that I heard repeated more than once. When I asked you what your favorite songs were, what I did hear a lot was, it changes all the time. Changes all the time. Isn't that funny about music? That we can hear a song and it really touches us and, and it connects with us on a, uh, on a, could I say a spiritual level? And, um, and what happens is, after we've heard the lyrics, you know, 30, 30 40 times, they, they, have a, they have a tendency to kind of lose that same impact. But music is that way, it's, and, and, and it's, we are the only, in, in, in spite of people saying that, that birds sing, and the other, uh, God has granted humanity, and, and in all of creation, only the ability to sing. Okay? Interesting. It's, it's an interesting, uh, it, and, uh, and I believe it was because of praise and it was because of worship. Because when I look in the scriptures, I find, and, and, I look at, and we've been doing this a lot. We've been looking at, at uh, kingdom of heaven scenes, uh, the throne room of heaven scenes. Uh, because we've been studying the book of Revelation, the ladies on Thursday morning. And we've just been, you know, piling in on apocalyptic literature, the things about Ezekiel, the end time events. And every once in a while... The, the curtain gets pulled back and we get to see God's throne room. And in every case, there's worship going, uh, taking place. Okay? Interesting. It's an interesting thing. Now today, uh, I'm still in the series called Running on Empty. Now the point of Running on Empty is that we do run on empty, right? Yeah? Sometimes we, uh, and, and every once in a while I get a call, uh, we've run out of gas. I remember we were in North Carolina and I get a call. Uh, Bill, I've run out of gas, and I am on a six-lane highway, and I'm in the middle of traffic. So, uh, I mean, uh, in the car that we have, in, in, the, in, the, in, in the past, we had not only the light that would come on, but a bell would say, bing, get gas. In this car, it had a light, but you had to look at the light. Well, we didn't look at the light, and so... Uh, it happens on occasion. When you run out of gas, you're stranded. All right? Now, and I'm not really talking about running out of gas in, in the physical sense uh, this morning. That's not, that's not the purpose. It's running out of gas spiritually. And you know, there, are many, there are many ways that we can emotionally be just exhausted. We could be fatigued. All of these things. And, and we could still run on empty. I, I know that I can do that. I can run on empty. I can, some things in my life I just know how to do. But when I'm running on empty, whether it's to teach or whether it's to preach, whether it's uh, uh, spending time with someone in a counseling situation, when I'm running on spiritual empty, I don't like what I'm doing. I feel it. I sense it. Yeah, you get that? And you, you said, oh, I'm so surprised, Pastor, that sometimes you run on empty. Okay. It is a condition that we find ourselves in from time, but it's completely preventable. Okay? But earlier, I, I, I mentioned to you, or, or I spoke to you, of, of Elijah. He became depleted. Work will deplete you. Effort will deplete you. And you need to go back. Just like, you know, running down the road. I mean, my car will get about 400 miles to the, to the, to the tank. Yeah, I get close to the end of 400 miles. You know, I'm still running. But I'm growing concerned if I, if I haven't replenished myself so I can go another 400 miles and another 400 miles. And the same is true 
when it comes to life, when it comes to spiritual things, okay? Now, the whole, the whole concept of running on empty is, how do I replenish myself? Yeah. Oftentimes, we will try uh, to, to go all week long with one meal, spiritually, Okay? We will come in on Sunday morning. Because we've been running on empty, it'll take us three or four songs to kind of get into it. And if they're the wrong songs, oh well. You know? And then, and then the preacher says things that don't really connect with me, and I'm looking for, well, I know he shuts down around 12. He tries that, so I can, I can gut that out. Okay? Now, <laughs> you're laughing, but it's simply, and you're laughing because it's true. Okay? We all experience those kinds of things. One of the reasons why we don't get what we need to get is because we haven't, because we're running on empty. We haven't done anything. All week long, we haven't, you know, we might have thought about God, but we've thought about God in kind of a, of a, of a um, uh, I'm guilty kind of way. You know, it wasn't, God, I love you, and I'm so glad that you're in my life. We're thinking, oh, man, I'm really blowing it. That's, that's what we're thinking most of the time, right? You know, because we're running on empty. What I've talked to you about in the, in the past is how to, uh, you might say, to, to, to not be depleted or how to recharge yourself spiritually. You know, and you're saying, well, Pastor, how, how come you're kind of putting it uh, in this way? Is, it, is, it, is this something that, that really happens? Certainly it does. They that wait upon the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. That, that uh, predicates that sometimes we need a renewal of strength. Yeah? Elijah needed a renewal of strength. You know, some of us, the, the only testimony we have in terms of when God touched us and blessed us and filled us was like 30 years old. I want you to know that God wants to do a new thing in you on a consistent basis. Okay? You know, uh, you know if, if I ask you to testify, you might, you might be sitting there and say, well, 37 years ago, God is, God is right here, right now. And if you will touch him, if you will go to him, if you will find a place in him, you, you know, who knows the next time that someone says, well, what's God doing in your life? Well, you don't have to, you might flip back on the Rolodex 37 years or 10 years or five years or last year. God has, God's big enough to, to, create, to, to, to have a fresh word for you, to speak to your heart, to do new things in you. Okay. And I know this is kind of a, a kind of, so Pastor, when are you going to get to the sermon? I'll get to the sermon. This is part of it. Okay? And, and, and the series is about renewing your spiritual think, uh, strength. And today I'd like to talk to you about worship. I've talked to you about prayer. I've talked to you about the scriptures and how that those things feed us. And there's some overlap. When I worship, I'm praying also. Okay? I understand that. And, and, and I recognize that sometimes we... Mer- Can I use, use a word I made up? Merge it all together. Okay? It's, it's kind of a, a, a merge between merge and, and mesh. Merge, you know? It's, it's all together. We, we put all that together. But if you look at the scriptures, it's very clear that there were times of prayer. There were times of worship. 
we see worship taking place not only in the heavenlies uh, when, uh, when the angels are around the throne and they're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And, and you, you see those kinds of scenes. You also see Israel going out with a choir in front of the army. Okay? In, in, in one of the king's passages. And they're worshiping. They're singing the songs of, as they say, Zion, of God of the city of God. They're worshiping. They're exalting. They're glorifying God. They're, 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 they're saying, thank you. I believe in you. We trust you. We worship you. You are our God. You are our king. You are our master. And we see the enemy. This is interesting. I've made reference to this before. But we see the enemy just, they never had to fight. Israel never had to fight. Because God went before them. Worship is a powerful thing. And, uh, and, and you know, here in, in, in America, there's some ups and downs in worship, aren't there? Okay? Uh, what I mean by that, generally speaking, most people think worship is an optional thing. Right? Most Christians believe uh, that worship is an optional thing. Or that it includes everything we do as a believer. Okay? You know, I recognize, like I said before, that there is overlap. Sometimes when I worship, I also pray. It's communicating with God, but there's an, a different intent here. But when worship begins, the way that I talk to you, the way that I live my life, I mean, it, all of those things are kind of true, but there are, there's, a specific, there's a specific act of worship. And you see it manifest in the songbook of, of, of God's people, the Psalms. Yeah? Read through that. That's worship. It's worship. It's also prayer. There's worship there. Okay? The ups and downs of worship. There have been worship wars. Have you ever heard that term? Okay? You know, it's like, and it's, just, it's usually a generational thing. Uh, I remember, I mean, uh, no, I don't remember. I don't remember uh, Ain't Nothing Like a Hound Dog. I mean, I remember the song, but I was a really little kid. <laughs> Ain't Nothing Like a Hound Dog. But the people, but the parents hated it, didn't they? They, they hated all of those things. And, and every generation seems to have their own thing that the previous generation says, I wouldn't do it that way. And the same thing has happened in the church with what we call the worship wars. And, and quite frankly, um, you know, every once in a while, you know, hey, look, we've got, we've got about, we got an hour and a half. And, you know, and, and so we're, 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 we're using music. Use, did, did you know that music, you don't have to have music to worship? It sure helps, though, doesn't it? Amen. And God gave it to us to help us with that, right? Okay. And so, but, but. There are all kinds of styles, don't you know? There's, 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 there's gospel, you know? There is, there's, uh, there's, there's, um, there's the stuff that you get out of Brooklyn Tabernacle. You get, uh, and stuff that, that you get out of Hillsong. You know, you've got Michael Card, you've got, you know, you, 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 get, the, you get the sense, and then you've got the, the, the stuff that, that, that you open the, the hymn book up, and the copyright's like 1795. Okay? And, 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 and it's just so full of depth 
de- deep the- theologically. I mean, uh, some, of the, some of the courses that we sing have verses that just kind of take you through the gospel, okay? Many of the courses are fairly simple, right? They're meant to be an aid to worship. Not worship, an aid to worship. Do you understand what I mean? Worship is when you actually connect with God. Do you understand that, that, that two of the things, and I'll get to the scripture, I promise. Uh, the two of the things that we struggle with is participation versus uh, cons- uh, consuming. We can consume worship music, can't we? I mean, we listen to it all the time. We listen to it all. There's nothing wrong with that. But let's not mix the two up. Participating in worship is different than consuming uh, worship music. Does that make sense? Worship takes you into a place where you're communicating with God as in prayer. Okay? Too often what we have on a Sunday morning or what we have in our lives is consuming. We're just singing the songs. I know this song. I sing it in my sleep, Pastor. I could sing it while I'm, while I'm doing something else entirely. Nothing wrong with that except that at, there are times when we need to press in further. Press in further. And the worship wars, well, you know, we've got four generations here. I'll tell you the truth. And, and not only, I've got, I've got, I've got, we've got every, you know, in, in, a, in a place like this, you'll have everything from, culturally from, from cowboys to hipsters. And everything in between. And they all have their, I mean, how many genres of music are there out there? And, and there are these things in Scripture. I mean, you know, it's, could I say it's, 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 it's not easy? It's not easy? To, you might say, when, when you have a group of people that says, they got to have it their way, it's not easy. Worship wars. I remember I went to a church in South Carolina. That's before I came here, and we were trying to figure out where, where we were. We had just retired from the from the Navy as chaplains, and, and we're trying to figure out well, where do we go from here. Went to this place, and and uh, and I was just there for the evening, and there was a gentleman there. He looked at me, and, and now I'm. I've lived in South Carolina. I've spent some time. I've got a little bit of a draw. And if I get a little bit of, if I get around people from South Carolina, it really comes out. And he's, and so, so, he, and so, so excuse me if I mimic this. He says, are we going to sing off the wall again? <laughs> okay. <laughs> are we going to sing? Okay. So, so there are differences. There's nothing wrong with him, but, but you know, we, we get this, this, this thing going and we get, it, we get in the wrong frame of mind when instead of, the, instead, of, instead of having it my way, let's have it God's way. Let's reach out and touch God. No matter if there's music, if there's no singing, if, if, if it doesn't matter. Reach out and touch Him. That's maturity. If, 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 if it's got to be just right for you, you've got some growing to do. Can I say that? And I would say this, that oftentimes I need to grow. So that's not a slam. Huh? You, know, it's, I, you know, I wish, you know, sometimes, I, if, you remember the old little things next to the booth in the small restaurants? You slip into the booth, and it was like a, you could punch in whatever you wanted. We can't do that here. <laughs> 
We can't do that here. Okay. All right. Worship wars. Uh, oftentimes that, that, that really boils down to personal preference and your history. Okay. What, what you experience. Con- I've already talked about consuming versus participation. Worship, let me say this, is primarily about God. Did you know that? That worship is about God. It's not about you and me. Worship is about God. Yet, in our society and in our culture, it's always about, what are you going to do for me today? Right? Uh, And and we, we approach a church just in the same way. And we approach churches and we approach uh, uh, God's house in the same way that we approach Walmart and Kmart. If they don't have it here, I'm going to go find someplace it does. See? You know, and, and that's, that's, that's a level of maturity that, that tells me. When it's about me. Now, in, in my life, the people who, uh, it's, it's completely natural. We've got some babies. We have any babies in here right now or are they downstairs? We've got a baby back here. And she's a little grumpy today. She just shot a tooth out, okay? So, uh, so, uh, and, 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 and so she's, she's needing, needing some, some, some resistance on that. But, but see, for her, it's all about her. Her life is, it's all about her and her comfort. There comes a time when we got to go, grow beyond that. And if we don't, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. And so and when it comes to worship, it's about God. It's not about us. It's about, our, it's about our recognition for who and what God is, our dependence upon him, our respect for him. It's, it's about acknowledging him and his lordship in our lives and in this world. That's what worship is about. When we lift our voices and we sing these things, it's about acknowledging that he is the God. He, he is the one that we depend upon and draw our, draw our strength. And secondarily, could I say you know, primarily it's about God. Secondarily, it is about us, okay? The truth is worship changes us, has the power to change us. I'm not talking about just singing a song, folks. I'm talking about worship, engaging and connecting with God in, in that kind of a manner. It has the capacity to change us and the circumstances in our lives and around us. It's like prayer. Anytime you touch God, there's going to be a reaction. When the woman reached through the crowd and said, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed, she was healed immediately. When, when you touch God, there will be a reaction, and you will sense it in yourself. So secondary, primarily worship is about God. Secondarily, worship is about us because it changes us and has the capacity and power to change us. Change the world around us. The context of this passage that I'm about to read was it was a second missionary journey that Paul and Silas were involved in. Well, and they were in Philippi, and they were teaching Jesus. They had they had they had, they had met the the young the lady I believe her name was Lyra Lycra. She's Lydia, Lydia, I got it, thank you. Lydia, she, was, she sold purple, and, and so uh, they had connected with people, and they were going back and forth and teaching Jesus, and there was a slave girl, slave girl. That meant somebody owned her, and she had, the scripture said she had a spirit of divination in her. She was a medium, okay? She was possessed, 
And it says that she went around many days, many days, following them around, and, and she would say things like, These men are the bondservants of the Most High God. And they're going to proclaim, they're proclaim what they're saying to you is the way of salvation. Now, that, 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 that may seem kind of a strange thing, but remember... Remember the other encounters that, that Jesus had with, 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 with demons, okay? And, and, and some of the things that they said, are you here? They recognized who he was. Are you here to, to torment us before our time? They got it. They understood. And it says that Paul got a little peeved at this after a while. He became annoyed and he drove the spirit out of her. Well, all of a sudden, now recognize that the medium was making money for her masters. Yeah. She was a slave. She, just, she didn't have a little sign on this. You know, it's like, uh, uh, I don't even know. I mean, you see them there. You know, it's like come in for reading, that kind of a thing. But, uh, and, and people go and they, they get tarot cards, whatever it is, you know, read their palm or whatever, whatever. But this is what this woman did, and she made money for her masters. As soon as the spirit was gone, so was the capacity to do that. And so all of a sudden, these guys said this was an economic issue for them. So they raised, uh, they, they raised a, an issue and they brought charges against Paul and Silas. Acts 16. They said, Pastor, that was a really long introduction. <laughs> Maybe the sermon won't be so long. Acts 16. But when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. And when they had brought them to the chief magistrates, they said, These men are throwing our city into confusion, being Jews, and proclaiming and are proclaiming customs that are not lawful for us, lawful for us to accept or to observe, being Romans. Now, that wasn't true, was it? The real issue was, wait a second, we've just started losing money. So, so, but here it is. The crowd rose up against them, and the chief magistrates tore their robes off them, stripped them down, and proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. And when they had struck, struck them with many blows, they threw them into prison, commanding the jail, jailer to guard them securely. And he, having received such a command, put through them into the inner prison and fastened their feet to the stocks. It wasn't enough to put them in a holy cell. They put them way down deep in the deepest, darkest part of the dungeon, so to speak. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Now, they weren't in there by themselves. Now, I find this really interesting. Uh, I, I, I'd probably be, if, if, it was, if, it was, if it was you and I, Don, We'd probably be saying, you know, maybe we should have moved on from here the, yesterday. I mean, did we do something wrong? I mean, I mean, maybe we weren't listening to God. I mean, this, 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 this kind of caved in on us. And, and maybe we, we you know, if you, if you read some of the earlier chapters, God was kind of directing them, go here, go there, go, the, the Macedonian call and all of that stuff. And he said, no, don't go over here, but come here. And so they're saying, well, maybe we misheard God. I mean, they didn't say that, but that's kind of... Maybe it might be the kind of conversations you and I have. In a dark dungeon, there's no light. Dank. They've been beaten. They've been maligned. They've been beaten with rods, stripped. 
And here they are uh, uh, in, in a dungeon in stocks. Probably not even comfortable, comfortable situation where they can sleep. So what are you going to do? At midnight, what did they do? Were they, were they, were they uh, uh, you know, had they kind of lost their mind because of the beating? They began to sing. They were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there came a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison house were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. Everyone. Then the jailer, when the jailer awoke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice saying, do not harm yourself, for we're all here. And he called for the lights and rushed in and trembling with fear fell down before Paul and Silas. You know, know this, that he also had this man, if he could hear, if he could see, if he could hear him, he also heard the singing and the prayers. Okay. And after he brought them out, he said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved in your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him together with all who were in his house. And he took them that very hour of the night, washed their wounds, and immediately he, he was baptized, he and his household. And he brought them into the house and set food before them and rejoiced greatly, having believed in God with his whole household. Okay, powerful, powerful scripture. But what in the world does it mean? It's a nice story. It's an amazing story, right? I mean, they were there. They were beaten. They were in stocks. Uh, their wounds were open. Yeah. If we, if we went by a lot of uh, theologies today, we'd be thinking, what they, would they sin? I mean, how, did they, how is it that they sinned that they would find themselves in such a, a, a horrible situation and condition? But God had them right exactly where he wanted them. It's amazing who God wants to speak to. I remember when Jesus with his disciples, they were, they were going for it back and forth. And Jesus looked at him and said, look, I got to go through to Samaria. And because there was a woman down there that he had an appointment to meet. And she was key for that whole village. She was key. For the salvation of that whole village. Jesus knows where the keys are. And that night, the keys were in that jail. There was a a jail or there was a family. There were other people who were there incarcerated with them. For whatever reason, it didn't matter. They were probably really bad people. I don't know. But God had a plan that night. And as they began to pray and as they began to worship, it says that the, whole, that the earth was moved. You imagine that? That worship can move the world? That the worship can do things like that? That within the, within the range of God's possibility, you know, I, I've always believed that, that when we worship, God finds that irresistible. He comes. When we connect with him and we begin to worship and praise, he comes. One of the reasons was, pastor, I said, okay now, guys, uh, let's worship. Let's worship. Uh, Because when he comes, he brings freedom. 
When God comes in that kind of a power, He brings freedom and the chains begin to fall off and the doors begin to open no matter what it is. See? That's why I say we need to be worshipers. We need to be people who will lift our hands and our hearts to God. And to sing His praises. He said, well, Pastor, man, when I sing, my wife tells me to shut up. It's that bad. My kids go to the other room and they say, oh, dad. Right? Oh, dad. My kids used to say, do that with me too. Oh, dad. I think Billy Joel said one time, he's the piano man. He said, everybody wants me to sing except my kids. We're in public, and I start singing a tune, and my, my children say, Dad, don't do that. I said this before. You don't need music to worship God. They didn't have any music in there. I mean, one of the problems with today is that, that we're so used to, to just everything, just the best of everything, Right? I mean, everybody's got CDs. They got uh, Hillsong and, and Darling Sheck and, and, and Michael Card and, and who are some? I mean, there are so many others out there, right? And they're so good. Matt Redman, Matt, all of these people. And, and we, we're so used to, to these things. And so when we come into a church, we, we look up on the stage and say, I wonder if they're going to pull it off today. You know? And so we become, yeah, we become connoisseurs instead of worshipers. We become consumers. That doesn't do us any good. I want you to know that that will not put you into contact with the Most High God in the way that you need to be in contact with Him. Where He feeds you, where He sets you free, where He touches your life and changes the people around you. Notice this, not, not only do the chains fall off, the doors fall, fall open uh, for Silas and Paul, but they fell off of everybody else that was listening. You don't need music to worship God. Worship when you're in a tough spot. Is that okay? Because what, is, what, is, what, what has God said? The scripture says this. All things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. That I have loved you with an everlasting love. I know who you are. I know where you are. You belong to me. My name is written, uh, my name is written on, your, on your heart. I know who you are. So, so when situations come up, it may not be like that. God knows where you are, and he has a plan for you. He has a plan. You know, you may, you may, you know, the last thing you want to do is, oh, woe is me. Woe is me. You know, what have I done? What have I done? I mean, I can't remember any gross sin that I've done, but I'm in a tough spot here. I can't remember, you know, but, but God knows, though. You know, there are, there are crazy things that happen in everybody's lives. Tough things that happen in everybody's lives. And if you, and if you don't think, if you think that, that you're, you're, it's happening to you because you're more wicked than the rest of the world, read the scriptures. Read the scriptures and you'll find that some of the, 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 the people of God, the high saints of God, found themselves in tough places. These guys were in a tough place. And they began to worship. 
Why could they worship? Because they knew that God was there. See? Right there in the middle of where they were. He knew where they were, and he knows where you are. He knows the circumstances in your life. He knows the walls that surround you and keep you in. He understands that. And He is Lord. He has power over all of those things. You might look up and not be able to see the sunshine because the wall is too high. But know that it's there and the one and the master, the master can move that wall out of your life. See? So it's that knowledge when He when when they begin to worship and praise. They worshiped. They prayed. The people around them. Worship brings the presence and the power of God. I said it before. He sets you free and others around you also. How we can play with that? Huh? Yeah. See, you're not in this alone. Do you know that? That you're not in this alone. There are people who are the people, they, they may not even be related to you. But God is wanting to do something. I mean, this is not strange. He says, so let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Do you understand that God has called you to be the soul of the world, the light of the world? And here you are worshiping. Do you know that when the chains fall off, when when the doors come up, they come open for the people around you too. Because you're affected. God has, is using you to reach into the lives of other people. I don't know. We, we, don't, we don't have, you might say, an appendum on, the, on this passage of Scripture uh, naming the, all the prisoners that were there and what happened to them. But I want you to know, the jailer, the jailer, the jailer, the guy who kept the keys, he and his family recognized God's presence and acknowledged him and, 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 and found Christ that night through the preaching and teaching. It breaks the chains that bind you. Worship. 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 Saints, I understand that I don't, expect, I don't expect someone who's kind of a, a demure, uh, quiet kind of person to grab up a flag and tear out around the church. I don't expect that. Besides, you can do that and not be worshiping. Do you know that? You can sing the songs and still not be worshiping. You can even lift your hands and still not be worshiping. Yeah. But all of these things can be expressions that, that when tied to our hearts... In our, in, our, in our mind and our spirit, say, God, we love you. I love you. Has the capacity to change the world. Empower, empower, empower. See, what do I want, from, what do I want for you? I want God's power in your life. I want to see him do powerful things. To break the chains of things that bind you, right? And what are some of the things that bind you? Sexual sin. Greed, lying, cheating, stealing, gossip. Some of us can't. Our tongue is just like loose. It just, it just you know, but it's setting fire to the world. 
And you know it. And you're saying, God, that's a, that's a, that's a form of slavery for me. I'm destroying things. I'm, I'm using the same tongue to worship you and then cursing the world with it. I need deliverance. God, I need the change to fall off of me. I mean, I could go down a list, but God's power, God's deliverance, God's anointing in you to recharge yourself so that you don't run on empty. Worship every day. Now, I don't know. Stand with me. We're going we're gonna to worship again before we close the service out. I want you. I mean, don't worry about the people standing next to you. They don't count in this case. It's about you and God. It's not about, you know, it's about God. You know, I'm not, and I'm not looking for any specific physical manifestation like, you know, nothing like that. I don't care. You worship, but that your heart, that your mind connects to God and that you are in thank. In thankfulness, you worship Him and you connect with Him. If you have to close your eyes and take your mind off of the words of the, of the song to worship and connect, you do whatever it is. But when we come to this house, it is, a place, it is a time for you where you can touch God. And when you get close to Him, He will recharge you. He will strengthen you. He will begin to do special things in your life. I believe that. Believe that with all of my heart. Does anybody know that, the, that those things are true? Amen. Let's worship Him. Let's worship Him. Let's worship Him.